3: On this episode of the Heat Check, the New York Knicks, the Knickerbockers, if you will, off to another hot start. Could this be another year that they go to the playoffs? And there is one reason. A man who might actually be, in hindsight, underpaid. We break down the Knicks' hot start and we get into what's happening in Portland, which as a Blazers fan, I am in absolute shock about. It's Team 4-1, baby! What? Plus, we cover some news around the league, including the Lakers continuing to stink, but now being tone-deaf on top of that. Kevin Durant being run into the ground again in Brooklyn. I compare the NFL and the NBA's handling of the concussion protocol. Uh, wee wee let's just say this. NBA handling things a lot better than the NFL. And Joel Embiid deciding, you know what? Fuck it. I'm not playing defense anymore. And the NBA going all in. On Victor Wembenyama and the hype train. So much to talk about, so Nick, drop that motherfucking beat. I have a thought. Obviously. Since this is a podcast about thoughts. But is Jalen Brunson actually underpaid? Everybody said oh, man, the Knicks really fucked up with Jalen Brunson, $104 million, no way he's worth all that money. I actually think if you look at this first four games and it continues for the rest of the duration of the contract, this deal looks like a bad deal for Jalen Brunson. Like It looks like he's worth Damian Lillard money. I hate to say it, but the man is ballin', and true point guards are very hard to find these days. Jalen Brunson was the first of what were supposed to be two huge moves for the New York Knicks, right? And, in fact, you could pretty much argue that last season they were committed to this being the case. They knew it was bad. as Soon as Derrick Rose got injured, Tibbs didn't have any of his guys in there, and things were not looking good. And they thought it's going to be Brunson, and they thought it's going to be Donovan Mitchell. And then a very funny thing happened. Danny Ainge did Danny Ainge things said, You know what, Leon Rose? Deuces. I'm done doing business with you. We're just going to deal with Donovan Mitchell to the Cavs. And left the Knicks scrambling. And at the last minute, they're trying to figure out how to piece together a roster that was largely, outside of Jalen Brunson, unchanged. And you have Julius Randle making $117 million over four years, and he's looking like an atrocious player that you can't get rid of. Sad boy season in New York. I know. I was live on WFAN for it, and people were calling in like, no, no, we didn't want them anyway. No, no, there was a lot of that, right? But now after a week of basketball, the Knickerbockers stand, three and one. With an OT loss to the Memphis Grizzlies, a team that everybody is in absolute love with, on opening night where they clawed back like a very gritty team, down 15, take it to OT. They should have won the game, but there was a no call, goal 10 by Ja Morant. Truthfully, the Knicks should be, could be 4 0 right now, which they would be the only undefeated team in the NBA. So, what's the difference? My man Big booty Brunson. Jalen Brunson. a six1 guard out of Villanova. He's not the fastest. He's not the quickest. We know he's not the biggest. He's six-one on a good day. You look at him. You, I've seen him up close. I've covered him when he played for Villanova. He's 511 and a half. Let's be honest. He's one of those guys that doesn't doesn't wear that height well. Do you know what I mean? One of the few true point guards left in the league, right? Without Donovan Mitchell and what was pretty much going to be a shooter-friendly offense, instead, Tibbs went back to his basics and basically put the offense and the next season in the hands of Brunson. A guard in which his own dad calls a thick rear-ended guard. Yep, you think I'm joking? The other word that Rick Brunson used for his son's booty was significant. Jalen Brunson has the significant caboose and it runs in the family. And that caboose, folks, is getting loose. Getting loose on the court. It's very, <laughs> on the court. I, mean, I don't mean it pause. Very much pause. I don't know what he's doing outside of that. <laughs> it's so clear. It's so, I didn't mean to say it like that. It's very clear when you watch him. He's running this offense, and I saw him at, at the Garden on Monday night against the Orlando Magic, and, man, does he have command of the Knicks offense in a way that they haven't had, let's be honest, since mama, there goes that man, Mark Jackson. Multiple times I saw Jalen Brunson on the floor pointing at the court to different players, like, stand there, be there, like, in from, yo, go over there. And they they did, like little chess pieces. They moved to Jalen Brunson's whim. And that is benefiting no one more than our guy, Julius Randle. All of a sudden, the player that we fell in love with two years ago, the one most improved player, is back. And not coincidentally, it correlates with, I don't know, Randle having a true point guard where Randle doesn't have to run the fucking offense. This is what Julius Randle had to say about what Jalen Brunson does for him. bump the audio up, Nick, because it's a little low.
0: Early games, like, it just makes the game so much easier for me. Um, you know, if I you know, just keep moving, uh, save the screens, run the floor, um, You know, he's always looking to make the right play, so he finds me, and he gets me going, gets me easy baskets.
3: He just makes the game so much easier for me. If I just keep moving and setting screens, running the floor, he's always looking to make the right play. Yeah, because last year, Julius Randle was tasked with the Jalen Brunson role. And let me just say this. Wasn't really working. Wasn't really working. Think about this. Julius Randle is scoring more points in less minutes than last year and is shooting 54% from two, his best in his Knicks career, because... I don't know, he's not taking those god-awful long twos at the end of shot clocks anymore. According to official NBA stats, last year, Randall averaged 2.2 dribbles per touch. Had the ball in his hands, 4.1 minutes per game. Felt like more. This year, he's down to 1.48 dribbles per touch and 2.8 minutes per game. What a difference. And if you look at a stat line, it's redonkulous. 20 points per game, 9 rebounds per game three assists, and 1.2 steals. Julius Randle is getting busy. And Randle actually has added some things to his game. He's shooting floaters now. Julius Randle shooting floaters. He had two, count them, two zero-dribble floaters against Orlando on Monday. When's the last time Julius Randle had two zero-dribble floaters? He had two combined since the 2017 season. So he's having two in one game and had two in the course of five years. He is adding to his bag. This is what Tibbs had to say about how differently Julius Randle is playing and why.
0: And Julius was terrific from start to finish. Um, I love the way uh, he's diversifying his game, like running the floor. Uh, sometimes he's he's the pace guy, he'll push it up and then he'll create movement. Sometimes he just beats people down the floor. And I think him getting easy baskets is huge for us, huge. in. Uh, it puts a lot of pressure on the defense I thought Mitch gave us great minutes and you can't say enough about you know what Jalen does for the team he just he's in complete control at all all times and the game you know you hit some some tough spots in a game and he has such a strong demeanor and a strong face uh, and, and it's one of determination you have it gives your team belief that we can do this we, we, you know we can play well
3: wow a strong face. Gives your team belief. Yep, he does. Jalen Brunson is making this whole thing work because, why? Tibbs' vision works only with a competent point guard. And they did not have one last year because Derrick Rose was injured for much of that year. He needs a very specific roster. And outside of Jalen making this team better, making his teammates better, being in New York makes him better too. In a league where big men are now shifting towards the perimeter, Jalen is taking what his dad calls a thick booty <laughs> down into the paint to create space and get easy shots. This is what he said about his post play. I'm always comfortable in the post. I'm comfortable being able to play with my back to the basket or just playing out of the mid post or playing from the elbow. It gives me a chance to kind of slow down. For a guard, it's hard to guard. It's unconventional. Let's talk about his stat line. His first four games with the Knicks, 20 points per game, eight and a, eight and a half assists per game, One and a half turnovers, 51% from the field, 41% from three, and 85% from the free throw line. All of that to say, do you believe me now? Jalen Brunson might just be underpaid. $104 million who unlocks the offense, who makes a guy you're paying $117 million to actually worth $117 million, slows the team down. In times of pressure, has poise, helps you win games, cheap at twice the price. I could go on this entire podcast about Jalen Brunson. I've loved him long before it was sexy too. I've loved him at Villanova. I thought that he should be a point guard that the Mavericks used and paid long before Lucas stepped into that building. But you know what? That's okay, because he's getting his shine now. And I would not be surprised if the Knicks end up in the playoffs again this year.
1: LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash decide. That's linkedin.com slash
4: decide. Terms and conditions apply. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launcher Online Shop stage... Sign up for a one dollar per month trial period at Shopify.com slash odyssey podcast. All lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odyssey podcast.
3: What is happening in Portland? Can someone tell me I am stunned as they say, you could knock me over with a feather right now. And I say that as a lifelong Blazers fan. I have watched them so far this year, and I look at what they're doing on the court, and I just say, I, I don't get it. Could, could the Portland Trail Blazers be for real? Could they be actually good? They were the last undefeated team in the NBA last night before losing to the Miami Heat that, I don't know, went to the finals a couple of years ago, went to the Eastern Conference Finals last year. It was very close until Damian Lillard tore up his calf muscle, which, you know, hopefully Dame's okay. Doesn't appear to be too serious, but I tell you what, games like this happen, but this team is just not the same when Dame is not on the court. Anthony averaged 12.6 points per game without him last year for a reason. But before we get into this iteration of the Blazers, I have a very hot take that I I think is going to not be a very popular opinion, especially in Portland. I have to admit it, and I've thought this for a long time, it's probably going to get me banned from the city that I grew up in. I hated watching Brandon Roy play basketball. I hated it. It was fucking disgusting. I hate that brand of basketball. I hated the offense of the team when he was on it. I hated it. I didn't care that he scored 50 on regular occasions. The way he did it was disgusting. It was slow. It was a lot of mid-range. It was a lot of like watching molasses drip down from a, I don't know, a bottle into a cup. It was just not good. I hated the fact that Nate McMillan ran that team. And maybe it wasn't Brandon Roy's fault. Maybe it was all Nate McMillan's fault. But he did coach Trey Young, and the offense looked a little different then. I hated it. I want guys that are different than Brandon Roy. I want freak athletes. Is that so much to ask? I want guys that can jump out of the gym. I want guys with long wingspans like Stretch Armstrong. I want dudes. I don't care if you put up 50 points. What I care about is what does it look like? What does it feel like? Am I excited? I watched Brandon Roy drop 50 in a playoff game, and it was boring as fuck. It's true. And I, don't, I would never go in on YouTube and, like, go, Brandon Roy highlights. Do you? Does anybody say I want to see Brandon Roy in his prime again? I'm sorry. I don't like that style of, of team. I don't like that style of, of quote-unquote athletes. All I always wanted was a team full of dudes guys with positive wingspans, guys with 45 inch verticals. Is that too much to ask? And then Neil Olshay came around and he gave me CJ McCollum. No shade to CJ, but he couldn't do a damn thing athletically. He was skilled, he was smart. And we got Nurk, and we got Evan Turner, and we got Zach Collins, Uh, We didn't have any fucking athletes. None. It was just like, this team is going to be awful to watch. And then Terry Stotts had us doing a million dribble handoffs and just shooting threes, and you could just tell, this team does nothing for me. We can win a bunch of games, we can be a five seed, and Dame Lillard has to just take over. Anybody who wasn't a Portland Trailblazer fan, you had to tune in in the fourth quarter to watch Dame go god mode. And you know what? Fine. That was okay. But I always knew... This team is going nowhere because in a game that thrives on athletes, they can do athlete things when you don't have enough of them and you don't have guys that are, I don't know, six six with a 7-foot wingspan, and you have a bunch of pygmies in the backcourt and guys who can't defend in the frontcourt that are soft, you're not going to win too many games, especially in the playoffs, when everybody else can scheme for your ass. So this is the first time in my life, folks, that I can say, holy shit. We have a team full of freaks, freak athletes. I did some deep digging today. Lean, long, positive wingspan, gritty freaks. They are so fun. And that's all that matters, right? This is a game. It's not like we're trying to win a Nobel Peace Prize. We're trying to entertain here, right? That's what matters. Be fun. Be competitive. I don't care what you win. I don't care if you go to the finals because you're not gonna. Warriors exist right? The Memphis Grizzlies exist. The Phoenix Suns exist. Be young, be fun, and be gritty. And that's what we have. Keon Johnson. Keon Johnson, you may not even know him if you're a casual fan. He recorded the highest vertical in the history of the NBA combine at 48 inches. If that doesn't make you salivate, I don't know what does. He's not even the best athlete on the team, Keon Johnson. Shaden Sharp, Shaden Sharp is everything I want in a player. 49 inch vertical. That is the highest ever recorded in an NBA game ever. Michael Jordan, 48. Shaden Sharp, 49. That was the first sign I saw a team committed. The the trade for Keon, and then you pick up Shaden Sharp because why? Why the fuck not? Right? And I was like, wow, this guy's head, this guy's collarbone is in line with the rim. His head is a full head above the rim. Nasir Little. Nasir Little. You may not know him if you're a casual fan. Roy Williams. Roy Williams, the coach at UNC, said that Nasir Little was the best athlete he's ever coached in his entire life. They went through athlete after athlete after athlete, and he was like, nope. Doesn't have as much explosiveness as Nas. Doesn't have as much length and quickness and speed as Nas. The only player that he could compare to Nas Little in the history of UNC was who? Just guess. Just guess. Give it a guess. Does his name rhyme with Michael Morden? Yes, it does. Michael Jordan is the old – I just made that up, so if you're wondering why that was weird, it's because I just came up with it. Jabari Walker is 6'8". With a 6'11 wingspan and an 8'9 standing reach, which means this man can touch the net without getting on his tippy toes. Add in a 30-inch vertical, which is very low considering that this team is full of freaks, and his hands go well up over 11 feet in the air. And this is a guy who's just the 10th guy on the bench. Trendon Watford from LSU, 6'8", 240, 7'2", 0.25 inch wingspan, giant hands, 8 foot 9 standing reach, explosive as hell, can get out into transition, has body, he's, he can body smaller players, he is a dude. Greg Brown, 6'8 forward, 6'11 wingspan, 8 foot 11 standing reach, got a 90 rating for his athleticism on the NBADraft.net, 44 inch vertical. And lest we forget, my man Aunt Simons won the dunk contest, and he's, what, 6'3"? Just doing windmills and practice, and they're like, hey, you should participate in the dunk contest. He's like, do you really think so? Because I'm not really getting any minutes in the NBA. And they're like, just try out. Just wins it. Just wins it. Gary Payton second, 39-inch vertical, top 10 in the combine when he came out. He once won a jump ball against a 7-footer, Jonas Valanciunas. What? I can't even believe this team. Dame Lillard, 39-inch vert, and he's the old man of the crew. Man, is this team fun, long, athletic. They have the seventh youngest roster in the NBA, 24.4 years on average, and that is because Dame Lillard is 32. Let's be honest. You're sharing the ball, they're moving off the ball, they're cutting like crazy, they're playing hot potato. Like I said, under Stotts, it was ugh. Dribble handoff, dribble handoff, dribble handoff, ISO, ISO, dribble, dribble, dribble. Step back, three, brick, get out into transition, down 20 before you can even blink. It was ugly. Out with the old and in with the new. Bye-bye, Neil Olshay. Take your steak and potatoes and 1985 mindset and get the fuck out with your toxic workplace culture. I love this so damn much. No one saw it coming. Not me. Not Zach Lowe. Zach Lowe called this team meh. Called this team blah. Let me ask you, all those athletic dudes that I mentioned, does that give you blah vibes? Doesn't give me blah vibes. You look at Josh Hart. You look at Justice Winslow. Those are some dudes, too, didn't even give you their pedigree, their statistics. Justice Winslow, 6'6, playing 5. Do you think a non athlete could play 5 at 6'6? Jeremy Grant, explosive, athletic. Damian Lillard said all kinds of crazy things about him. He said, This dude looks like he was built in a lab. Long arms, athletic, can change directions fast, has quickness. He has all these things that make us better. Holy shit. Are you serious? I'm going to make a bold statement. Not only do I believe that this is the most athletic, explosive Blazer team in history, I think that this is the most athletic team in the NBA right now. And that includes... The Clippers with Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. That includes the likes of Cleveland. That includes the length the, the length of all these other teams like Milwaukee, they've got some athletes, but no no. Go all the way to the end of the bench. Who else has a forty-five inch vertical and a s eight foot eleven standing reach who is not even cracking the rotation? Just tell me who who are they? We know it's not the Lakers. They are fucking trash. Combined with they're the 7th youngest team in the league, man, I don't even know what to say. Except for, I don't care what you win. I don't care how many games you win. I am now locked in, like Pac-12 after dark. I am ready. I watched all the Blazer games that started at 10.30, and I take my sleep very seriously. I watched them live. I was very excited, and I am going to continue to be excited. All we need now is a 7-footer who can dribble, who can come around screens, Who's like a freak athlete. Is there anyone that you guys could think of maybe we could make a crack for? Maybe a French guy from North Africa where Adam Silver decides we're going to just watch all of his games this year as a 17-year-old. Probably the only pro France team we're going to get to see. Look out. Wembenyama, anybody? Oh, my God, are the Blazers fun. Don't know if we're good. TBD. But we will be entertaining this entire year.
2: And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places.
3: Quick around the league. If you want to know, and how I know, Adam Silver is excited, uh, elated, uh, just absolutely beyond words, trying to get as much money for the NBA as he possibly can for Victor Wambanyama. Uh, the NBA just let us know that they inked a deal to carry all of Metropolitan's 92 games. What is that What is that game? What, what, what did you say? Oh, uh, That's Victor Wambanyama's team. On NBA TV, yes, we are going to get every single one of Victor's games from the LMB Pro A League. I don't even know what this is. Don't care. I just know I get to see Victor. That's all I know. This is kind of like if the NBA had decided to bro- broadcast all of LeBron James's games at, in high school. Except for we're going to get more of them because this is a pro league. Folks, we've never seen anything like this before. This amount of hype, this amount of commitment, this amount of dedication. Oh, boy. All I'll say as a cynic and as somebody who doesn't want to put this out in the universe, but I have to, is you better hope, Adam, that Victor Wamiyama doesn't uh, sprain his ankle. You better hope that nothing happens to Victor or you're going to be carrying a bunch of Metropolitan 92 games that nobody wants to watch. I guarantee I'm going to watch a bunch of these. Victor is that special. Moving on. In a move that's about, I don't know, 40 40 years too late, the L.A. Lakers will be retiring George Mikan's number 99 jersey on October 30th. Whew. Don't feel bad if you don't know him. But he is the most important big man that you've never heard of. Mikan was the first superstar in the NBA history. 6'10 center for the Minneapolis Lakers. He was lethal with both of his hands. He redefined the big man position pretty much forever. He won seven chips, that's championships, in nine years, including three, count them, three scoring titles. If you want to know how important George Mikan was, goaltending the current width of the foul lane, and the shot clock were all created by the NBA to try to stop George Mikan from dominating the game. That's like uh, when Augusta tiger-proofed Augusta, and it didn't work. That's what basically they tried to do against him. Think about being so good that the NBA has to come out and have meetings, schedule big YT press conference meetings around a big table to say, hey, we got to stop this George Mikan guy. Like, how do we fix this? He's doing too much. Like, nobody has a shot. What kind of things can we do rule-wise to slow him down? So, considering he was named the best basketball player in the first half of the 20th century, it's pretty fair to say the dude probably deserved for his jersey to be retired a little earlier than this. Uh, but the interesting thing is this. Rumors are that both Jeannie Buss and Rob Polinka won't be... In public for the retirement ceremony because the fan reaction would be, shall we say, not good, not good, a complete and utter shit show, perhaps, and it's well deserved. The Lakers never started 0-4 under Dr. Jerry Buss in 34 years, but now have done it three times in the last nine. Yuck. And the Lakers are losing, and the games aren't even close. And worst of all, the team seems to be just somehow tone deaf because of it. The latest example the Lakers are, I mean, they're bringing in motivational speakers to get them up and going, right? Get them motivated, get them passionate, figure out how to score. They probably brought in someone like really inspirational, someone eloquent, someone unassailable in terms of, should I really be listening to you about this? It isn't really unusual for them to bring in that guy until you realize the guy that they brought in was Will Smith. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Think about that for a second. The Lakers brought in Will Smith to motivate a Lakers team. That is in the bottom of the barrel. When did they plan that? When did they schedule that? Smith, according to reports, was honored with his own custom jersey, hung out with the team's 17 championship trophies, was autographed with the most of like the L.A.'s roster, plus head coach Darvinham, team owner Jeannie Bus, and Rob Plinka. So, okay, he was given the red carpet treatment. Is anyone else like a little feeling some kind of way about this? Come on now. I, I'm i trying to stay away from Lakers propaganda. I'm trying to not be a part of the old media that just goes and goes and, as my mom would say, beats de- a dead horse, right? They're already down bad. But come on, Lakers. You can't make this this easy for me because it's chum in the water and it's shark week. This is a comedy podcast, and I am really tired of talking about the Lakers, but I just can't not talk about this. This is absolutely ridiculous. How is slapping together, no pun intended, kind of pun intended, from Will Smith going to help these guards hit open threes? Like, it was part of what they're billing as this genius series. Uh, Rob Palenka, you know, he came up with that, right? Which is like, that's a very Rob Pelinka name. Nothing screams Rob Polinka more than a series of a TED talks from problematic characters. <laughs> like nothing says Rob Polinka is out of touch and Genie Buss is out of touch like hiring Will Smith for your genius series. Tune in next week. We've got Checks Notes Herschel Walker Pep Talk coming. <laughs> Followed by Andrew Tate talking about the role of masculinity in the locker room what the fuck are they doing seriously it doesn't even feel real does it anyway we gotta move on if you've ever wondered why Kevin Durant wanted out of Brooklyn look no further than this stat for the first four games excuse me KD has had the lowest plus minus rating in the NBA at minus 58 that is a ridiculous stat considering that Kevin Durant is currently averaging 32, 5, and 4 with two steals per game. Do you know how bad everyone else has to be on the floor when you're on it? When you're averaging that much to drag down your plus minus? It's so bad. He's averaging over 36 minutes per game because, just like usual, Steve Nash has no idea how to manage lineup. He's going to run Durant into the ground. And come playoff time, Durant will be so exhausted that he misses shots in crucial moments or never even gets to the point where a crucial shot exists because they're getting so blown out by a team that's much better, much more cohesive than them because, I don't know, they've been a play-in team. If you think last season was wild in Brooklyn with no Ben Simmons, wait for this one when Ben Simmons is passing up wide-open shots while Kyrie Irving is saying, shoot the fucking ball, Ben! Shoot the ball! Us too, Kyrie. Kyrie is all of us. Except for that Kyrie believes in conspiracy theories and quotes Alex Jones. Moving on, Brandon Ingram had a collision with a teammate in a recent win over the Pacers that landed him in concussion protocol. With all the furor over Tua Tagovailoa's recent concussion, I thought it was interesting how the league and the Pelicans are dealing with a very similar situation, right? Reports came out, not only are they not letting Ingram play for precautionary reasons, they're not even letting him fly with the team for their three-game West Coast swing. Uh, to- of Tugawailoa of- flew home that same night. He got concussed. They were like, oh, yeah, we do not care about your brain swelling whatsoever. You're good? He's good? Yep, you're good. Let me ask you a question. If you are a parent or you are a kid who is a star athlete, which game would you rather play or rather have your kid play? Football? or basketball. Seems like a no-brainer to me, but I'll let you guys sound off on this in the comments or on TikTok. Let's go to Philadelphia, where the Sixers are a shit show, and we've talked about this before, but there are new things coming up day by day, so let's update you. Uh, the the, the, The Sixers haven't been playing defense. We know that. Even Joel Embiid says this. He said after their last recent loss to the Raptors, our offense is going to be fine as long as we get stops, and we're not getting stops. We're not playing good defense, and that is a recipe for disaster. We need to get better on that end. But let's be honest. What Joel isn't saying is what we all can see. A lot of the bad defense is coming from him. Like, he has given up. He is a defensive player of the year caliber player. He's one of the most dynamic, versatile, athletic players at his size, at his weight, at his versatility. I don't know what he's doing. He doesn't seem to be interested in stopping anyone. In the second half alone against the Raptors, there were nine plays in the paint where Siakam, O.G., Boucher, Barnes, all, all had uncontested runs at the basket with Embiid not even lifting a finger. An arm to try to defend. Not even like half-heartedly like, ah. You know, you just gotta ah. Not even that. He just like backs up, puts his hands behind his back, and lets him go to the rim. I'm like, JoJo, my guy, not going to win many games like that. You can't win, JoJo, if you don't try. Like Eric Thomas says, compete. Act like you're playing football. Act like you're playing baseball. Compete. You can't be like, I don't give a shit. This is a man that wants to see Doc Rivers fired. I, he, it has to be the reason. I don't know if they're close. It doesn't feel that they are. But we all know that MB can be a rim protector when he wants to. So either he's hurt and he's not telling anybody because he has a reputation of always being hurt or he's just simply choosing not to defend like he normally does. Either way, it's a big problem. So if it doesn't get fixed soon, it's going to be a long season in Philly. And you can start getting the loud cheers for Doc Rivers to be on the hot seat for things that, unfortunately, don't have anything to do with him. That's all the time that we have for the Heat Check. We'll be back Monday with an all-new episode. Check out the feed, please, for past episodes, mini-episodes, special interviews, and follow us as we keep you updated on the 2022-2023 season. Do not forget to download. Do not forget to subscribe. Do not forget... This part is crucial, to tell all your friends, I had a little kid come up to me at Madison Square Garden, knowing us from the heat check. So tell your friends, sharing is caring. And follow us, more importantly as well, on social, at, at this heat check and at Trista Crick on TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram. We will see you again Monday, folks. Thanks for listening.
0: My 13-year-old acts like a puppy again. Almost overnight, she's a different dog.
1: Perfect poops.
2: When people switch their dog's food to the farmer's dog, the effects can seem like magic. But there's no magic involved. It's simply real meat and vegetables with all the nutrients dogs need instead of highly processed pellets. No tricks, just smarter, healthier pet food delivered in packs portioned for your dog. It's amazing what real food can do. Get 50% off your first order at thefarmersdog.com slash nomagic50.